Welcome to the In The Clouds podcast. In The Clouds is a marketing cloud podcast powered by Lev, the most influential marketing-focused Salesforce consultancy in the world. Lev is customer experience obsessed, and podcast hosts Bobby Tishy and Cole Fisher have partnered with some of the world's most well-known brands to help them master meaningful one-on-one connections with their customers. In this podcast, they'll combine strategy and deep technical expertise to share best practices, how-tos, and real-life use cases and solutions for the world's top brands using Salesforce products today. So I already texted you this this morning, but I feel like it's, and we'll leave the the provider out of it, but I thought this was pretty great because I feel like as MarTech continues to get more and more platforms and vendors, like people just come up with different ways to say things that are already available. So again, we'll, we'll leave the name out, the, the, the vendor out of this, but vendor announced, this came out today, vendor announced a bundle of new mobile personalization capabilities in its orchestration application, including several powered by real-time updated profiles in their CDP. New options include, and again, they're, they're, <laughs> they're focusing on new options here. Location-aware triggers, such as messages sent when a customer enters a store. Personalized text messages within a campaign. And in-app messages based on customer information. Aren't these all things that people were doing 10 years ago? I feel like development itself sometimes becomes like so daunting that you just want to use like old headlines to make it seem like you're still releasing features. You know, you know like maybe we, we, we joked around about like, oh, you know, you can also have like electronic mail reporting and <laughs> analytics on your www Google machine website. But do you think that, do you think the joke's on us? You think that this provider, their PR team just is like, you know what, let's put this out and see if anybody catches on to what we're doing here. <laughs> yeah. See if other vendors will start like clamoring to do the same thing. and Yeah, they're just doing it for publicity. Like when IHOP changed their name to IHOB a few years ago. I was just thinking about that campaign. That was... Yeah. Was that like... Oh, they they, they, they got like me. That? I totally thought they were I changing their name to International House of Burgers. Fake news. <laughs> Speaking of fake news, Nick Burgraff's on the podcast. Hi, Nick. Hey. Thanks for having me today. Nick did a ton of prep for this podcast, so he's he's ready to wow us. He told us when we were prepping that this was going to be his best podcast appearance. It could also be my last. No, it could always be your last. But today we're talking about the Spring 22 release highlights, which just got delayed. It was supposed to come out February 12th, um, but now it's going to be released February 19th, so... That probably doesn't help you with when this podcast will be released, but you know, just for posterity, you know, when it's happening, Nick, we'll start with you. What do you got for us? First focus is on some mobile updates for marketing club. Nice thing here is uh, we all know about the, the mobile SDK and how uh, mobile studio works within marketing club. Um, one of the, Updates here is just the way that they do uh, essentially feedback loop for in-app and push push messages. So thinking about this before the context of the release, which obviously hasn't happened yet, uh, that it's coming, 
is providing that feedback loop to say, hey, based on the same way we would look at like email opens and clicks, interaction within the email channel, now have the capacity or the ability to look at um, that feedback loop within the mobile SDK. So nice part about this, I think the biggest value add is associated to actually knowing like it's not just a black box when you go and send an in-app message or a push message um, in, an, in an app environment. You actually can see, hey, where in the life cycle are they interacting with this thing? And then go and decision off of that. So think of that in the context of journey builder, making those um, those decisions there. That's nice, especially considering like a lot of the a lot of customers that we have have been using other providers for this type of engagement. And they've been asking marketing cloud for this type of feature enhancement for a long time. Yeah, there's a ton of them out there too, but I, I know a lot of customers use like vendors like Urban Airship because they have provided that feedback loop. So this is just another um, another good enhancement for that that mobile, especially well, specifically the app experience. The other one uh, that I'll call out too is the so Salesforce CDP, uh, formerly C360 audiences. They they returned it sometime last year. I can't remember exactly when, but um, it's called CDP now, and it has the CDP functions that you would naturally think of. It continues to get better um, because it's relatively new in the, the grand scheme of the market for CDPs, but it's all super integrated to the Salesforce platforms. All that to say, um, partner apps are now a thing. So when we think of the app exchange for Marketing Cloud or any other you know, Salesforce tech, there's a bunch of different vendors that are, are providing enhancements to that platform, such as you know, managed packages. They're opening that ecosystem to partner apps and allowing partner apps to go and develop on, on um, CDP, which is a hyperforce. And not to get too in detail of what CDP is built on, but it's providing a lot of additional use cases that are potentially industry or um, sector specific. Think of healthcare or finance, things like that nature that will now have the opportunity to be enhanced by third-party apps. I feel like next release is going to have like a dozen new apps developed that we're going to have to talk about. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what uh, what gets launched in there and how quickly it does, because then we can start to go and look at the cool ones. I think that what we're really missing in the market is an app or a provider that sends some kind of mail electronically as well as uh, is able to track people on websites. I think that would really be a game changer. What if they release something like geofencing? Like, Whoa. like targeted messages in app. That's blasph blasphemous. <laughs> Don't track um, me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think if you, if you felt like you need a seatbelt for Nick's updates, you're going to need a helmet for the Datarama updates. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Nick no, is prone to falling down. Yeah. Um, so just real quick, uh, it sounds like Datarama is going to have uh, a number of like sales and e-commerce focused updates. So first off, they've established a new e-commerce data model, which is just be basically an out-of-the-box data model that um, is a little more um, convenient to set up for organizing e-commerce data from any other platforms, any other e-com platforms, just in prep for analysis and harmonization uh, within Datarama. And in, with that included actually a uh, 
a now native connector for Salesforce order management system, the OMS system through Salesforce. So that'll just be a, a native connection. Um, and then actually two, two other connectors uh, are Amazon Seller Central and Amazon Vendor Central Inventory. So this will just be connectors for optimizing marketing and commerce uh, performance on sales and orders um, conducted through Amazon platforms. I feel like Datarama is pretty easy to set up to begin with. Not easy. I don't want to say yeah, that. Well, but it's um, the all the connectors that are already in place. But you've got to you know kind of manipulate all those different data models from each of those different connections that you're putting in there. So it's nice that you've got more of a kind of a predetermined data model to start from if you want to go that route. Yeah. And it sounds like it's it's supposed to lend itself a little more fluidly to some of the Einstein features uh, in Datarama as well, uh, specific to e-commerce. So I don't think there are going to be new, new features necessarily, but at least the implementation of the data model will be a little more um, easily lending itself to those uh, taking advantage of those features. Um, I think the other cool thing, though, in Datarama is uh, that they're just adding on um, new fields for dimensions and measurements within Datarama reports. So I think this probably especially um, piques the interest of marketers that are looking to account for or better understand things like um, iOS 15 users, you know, with that uh, ability to suppress reporting um, on the user level. So if you wanted to break out um, campaign performance uh, by actual device type or something like that, you can do that now um, out of the box. So uh, I, I would imagine that anybody who's, you know, wants to revisit some of their old um, dashboards will probably have a couple of new dimensions that they can look at through this. Unbelievable that Al Einstein, you know, he, brilliant mathematician, but can't believe he switched to software and he's still pumping out new features. It's unbelievable. He just never gives up. You know, he never gives up. Um, actually, well, one thing while I'm thinking about it is um, if there's anybody that still hasn't migrated Discover Reports to Datarama Reports, that end of life is coming up uh, April 1st uh, on, on April Fool's Day of, of this year, 2022. So not a joke. Well, maybe, yeah, maybe what get you're on saying that. is we don't know whether they're going to do it or not. <laughs> <laughs> Salesforce is so funny. Speaking of Datarama and Einstein, we've got a new feature called Einstein Budget Recommendations, and that's within the Media Planning Center feature of Datarama. It is an upsell, so if you've just got the standard licensing or standard SKU for Datarama, you won't see it. But it's it allow Media Planning Center allows you to tie budget to the different campaigns that you're running, and the Einstein Budget Recommendations uh, allows you to optimize your media plan based on all the bu budget allocations you've previously entered into Datarama. So clicking a, a button within that feature forecasts the allocation of your budget using historical budget, your historical spend, and, and your historical goals. And then you can toggle to another tab that shows you a simulation of the Einstein budget recommendations versus your own. So you can see how that correlates to one another. And then you can also configure the Einstein budget recommendations. So that way, if you don't want it to deviate too much from your original plan, you can, you can add some uh, configuration there. So they give you a little bit of ability to adjust that. Um, last thing on Einstein is there's um, the send time optimization 
feature that's available in Journey Builder, it's now available in Automation Studio. So if you're doing batch sends or automated sends through Automation Studio, you can now leverage that send time optimization where you can configure how long, um, over what period, like an eight hour period, you want that email to go out and for Einstein to optimize when it should be sent. Uh, a couple other things that sit out, orchestrate journeys based on user behavior um, with a mobile app event. So um, you can leverage your mobile app to deliver more contextual experiences for your customers. So now instead of having to kind of go through the, the previously connected data model, you can just use the mobile app and the SDK to inject folks directly into a journey based on real-time behavior. Um, and then based off of that, you can then in real time, you know, send folks a push notification or in-app message, but you can also send customers updates um, or different journey flows or real-time messaging based on how they interact with those push notifications and in-app messages. So kind of like what we were talking about before, where you've got uh, the urban airships of the world, the brazes of the world that have had this type of functionality for a while, uh, marketing cloud, it seems like is really investing quite a bit on the mobile studio front to increase the, the mobile component of their platform. So um, that's all we got. Cole, Nick, anything else? Uh, does that latest mobile update also include geofencing capabilities? <laughs> geofencing. I don't, I'm not familiar with that term. Can you explain that? Is <laughs> that similar to an electric fence? It. Basically, it's a new thing. I just came up with it. It's not an NBD, you know. I wish we started this podcast when I say we, I mean you. Uh, started this podcast more than two years ago because then we could like go back and reference the geofencing uh, update from Marketing <laughs> Cloud back in 2016 or whatever it was. When did podcasts really start to get popular? I don't think ours ever did. <laughs> oh, no, ours definitely did not. But I was just thinking like back in 2011, were there podcasts yet? I'm sure there were. Yeah, it was called the radio. <laughs> Ultraviolet is back. Love's annual conference, Ultraviolet, uh, is now open for registration. It'll be returning virtually April 12th and 13th. And based on the fact that both Cole and I did sessions last year, which, I mean, I think, you know, it was, it was pretty uh, clear that ours were, were one and two, you know, just kept going back and forth, which one Obviously, you want to listen to right? the most. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's got dozens of sessions. Um, it, it really showcases the best thought leadership from Lev, our customers, as well as our partners, including Salesforce, with a combination of marketing strategy and technical skills. And so uh, there's dozens of sessions, um, things diving into AmScript, diving into um, data modeling within Marketing Cloud, but also journey strategy, how some of our customers and Salesforce customers are, are building out their MarTech approach. Um, so you won't want to miss it. You can register and learn more at ultravioletconference.com. And we'll also put a link into the podcast show notes. Well, shifting to completely unrelated. Since we've got Nick on, and for, for those of you who uh, haven't listened in the past, uh, Nick Burgraff. Uh, he works with Cole and I, um, also known as the resident punching bag here at Lev. So Cole, I'll let you go first. Least favorite feature of Nick. 
You know, um, I'd, I'd hate to sound cliche uh, because I feel like this is everyone's response, but really all the features. Like it's hard to narrow down. I'm I, in this case, I gotta be one of those like all of the above. Like whether it's like looking at his face or like hearing his voice, really, I mean, it's, it's just, it's hard to stop when you describe, you know. So it's like when someone asks like, what do you love most about your wife? And you just say everything. It's kind of the same thing in this scenario. What do you hate most about Nick? It's everything. <laughs> I mean, they all lend themselves to something super hateable, <laughs> am I right? I'm the whole package. <laughs> well-rounded, he's well-rounded folks. Nick, what do you hate most about yourself? Well, I'd like to uh, kind of change the context of the question and make it uh, the most favorite thing. And building off of what Cole said, I, I think pretty much everything about myself I like. This is why we hate him so much. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, you could, if you could just narrow it down to three things that you love about yourself. That I love or that I hate about myself? I'm going to say my hairline because I think it's receding. I'm getting to that age. So you love that? No, no, that's the part I hate. Oh, okay. Yeah, I hate bald people, just so you know, Nick. <laughs> it's a good thing this isn't a video podcast. Yeah, because then everybody see that I'm completely bald. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Bobby? Bobby? Bobby, what about you? No, I'm still waiting for the three things you love most about yourself. Oh, that's going to take forever. Oh boy. So we're doing, are we doing love or hate? We'll do it. We'll do hate. Uh, I hate the way Nick tells stories. Nick oh, tells man. stories like uh, you've got nothing to do all day and you're just so excited to, to listen to this story. He gives you every tiny detail, no matter how insignificant and it does not matter to the story whatsoever. <laughs> he's he'll he'll start describing like how much dew was on the ground of the morning that he's taking a walk and you're like you know this is only like a one hour call like we have to go to other meetings today yeah well the story that that always comes to mind it really kind of started this whole understanding of how poor nick is at storytelling which i feel bad for his kids that they're, he's gonna have to tell them night their bedtime stories as they get older but <clears throat> he was telling us a story about how his dog jumped into a river and he had to jump in and save him. But before then, for like 10 minutes prior, he's telling us about how he and his wife and his daughter were out in a walk with their dog. It was a cold morning. There was dew on the ground and it was foggy. Like there's this 10 minute lead up to just, yeah, Lou jumped in the pond or in the river and I had to go get him. Yeah. I, whatever you're going to say, like, you know, that old expression, like, you know, cut it in half and then cut it in half again. Like I, I just want cliff notes for whatever story Nick's about to tell. But even if Nick I'm, cut I'm it, in half, build up cut it in half again, it would still be an eight minute story when it should be an eight second story. <laughs> yeah. Nick, eight words at most go, you know, you know, that reminds me of something that happened last week. Oh, great. <laughs> 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 hurry cut this thing off uh, well please email us please email us with content uh ideas and questions in the clouds at lovedigital.com we're running out we got nothing else to talk about yeah otherwise no. we're going to start having nick story hour yeah that's a good so idea save yourselves <laughs> save yourselves uh, yeah the podcast takeover <laughs> i'll tell you one story in an hour yeah 
Well, thanks, Nick, for joining. Um, thanks to mom for listening. I'm just kidding. My mom doesn't listen. But uh, thanks to Cole's mom for listening. And, and we'll see you next time. Off.